0: Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N McClanahan.com. Why are you there? Give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook. Forgotten Founders free audiobook of the same title, read by yours. Truly. Support the show by going to McClanahan Academy. Enroll for free. Get the free class, 10 Myths of American History. And of course, purchase one or 20 classes there. You keep the podcast free of charge when you do that. Also, click on the support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way. Get a book plate if you want my autograph of one of my books. Purchase one of my books wherever books are sold online. Southern tradition, I'm sorry, the Southern Scribblings and the Jeffersonian tradition are my latest two, but I've got many others. Nine presidents who screwed up America, how Alexander Hamilton screwed up America, pig to the founding fathers. Pig to Real American Heroes, Founding Father's Guide to the Constitution, uh, Forgotten Conservatives in American History. So much good stuff out there. You want to get those. You can also click on the Shop tab, get my logo on all kinds of cool stuff. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Share it around on social media. Send me, send me those show requests. Do all you can to get people listening to the show. We're seeing growth, right? So organic growth is the good thing. And it's the best part of this. And... I do read your emails, but I don't always have time to respond. So if I don't respond back to you, don't be offended. It's just, it's hard for me to get through everything. And I might come late, right? It might be a little while before I get back to your email. So you might just get a surprise. It could be a week since you emailed me, but I do try to to respond to them as I can. So anyways, uh, just keep that in mind. All right, wrapping up the week. Thanks for joining me for another week. Again, if you want me five times a week, Go to the Abbeville Institute uh, webpage and get, or look for the Abbeville Institute podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe to that one uh, because that's my fifth podcast of the week, and um, it's all things Southern. It's all things I cover at the institute. But we're here wrapping up the Brian McClanahan Show, and I'm going to finish up with a piece that was published in uh, the Wall Street Journal, and it's about secession, and it's about secession in a way I've talked about on this show. And I mentioned uh, last week when I was doing the Civil War week, quote-unquote, not real Civil War like the the actual event, but what left fantasizing about this and then secession, is that perhaps we're thinking too big for these things. Maybe we need to think small when it comes to secession and making our life better. And this is think locally, act locally in action. And it's taking place in Atlanta, of all places. Now, notice how... This is the Wall Street Journal. This is the quote-unquote conservative Wall Street Journal, how they're phrasing this movement. It's really all about race. Even the Wall Street Journal is saying this is all about race. Except it's not, and the article essentially shows that. In Atlanta's buckhead neighborhood, rising crime fuels move to secede, but... It's not just rising crime. It's Atlanta's wealthiest and whitest neighborhood, right? So it's all about people, white people, wanting to get away from black people in Atlanta. This is what it's all about. But really, it's about the crime that's been going on since 2019, essentially. People are ticked. They don't want it anymore. After the George Floyd episode, and uh, basically the police saying we're not arresting anybody anymore. We're not doing anything anymore. And this is what cities have decided to do. Well, the people that have money and means and they're seeing homicides and crime go up in the neighborhoods are saying, well, fine, we'll just get out. We want out. They're petitioning the state legislature to get out, to actually have their own city where they can control the crime and they can knock everything down. And you can just have Atlanta. This is beautiful. This is exactly what needs to happen. People deciding they're going to take matters into their own hands and say, enough of this nonsense. We're just out. Now, it doesn't mean Atlanta's Buckhead's conservative. It's not. It's not conservative at all. In any way, uh, these people are lefties, a lot of them, but they're tired of lefty policies, which they voted for for years in Atlanta, now coming back to hurt them in, the, in, in this part of Atlanta that they've got a little money. They don't want to have the crime. This is why lefties put up walls around their neighborhoods and do all kinds of things, but yet tell everybody else how to live. And I say lefties, it's more Yankees. Atlanta's not really even a southern city anymore. I remarked maybe if Atlanta could just leave Georgia, maybe this could be a step. You could have Buckhead secede from Atlanta, but then you could just kick both Buckhead and Atlanta out of Georgia. And you could have the Atlanta Buckhead, state of Atlanta Buckhead, right? And they could just be their own thing. And then you could move the capital. You know, uh, back where it was before. You know, move it to Milledgeville or something, and and have it there. And uh, you could you could have Georgia be real Georgia again. Uh, get Atlanta out, and you could. I mean, look, decentralization doesn't just have to be from the states. The states are the are the agents of this because they have all the power, theoretically. But even in the colonial period, this is interesting. In Virginia, the counties would often resist the state. The counties, or you know, the, at the time, the colonial government, they would resist it by just ignoring what the center wanted to do. They just wouldn't enforce it. They would nullify it, essentially. This happened all the time. So we had government from the bottom up even then. And you have this in the English, the Anglo-American tradition, the Anglo tradition too, because England was decentralized in some ways. So this is where the sheriffs came into play. The sheriffs could just simply resist bad edicts from the center if they wanted to. They didn't have to follow these things. And they didn't always. So let's get into the piece. An increase in violent crime has spurred a movement in Atlanta's wealthiest and whitest neighborhood, Buckhead, to push harder to secede and create a new city with its own police force. The idea, which has been gaining momentum over the past year, is raising alarm among Atlanta officials worried about a loss of population and tax revenue. You see... <laughs> oops, if we don't do something to make these people with money happy, they're going to move and we're going to lose all that revenue so we can't milk them for anything else to get our stupid social programs that, no, that don't, I mean, they just take we just take money from them and give it to somebody else. We can't get confiscatory policies anymore. This is what California and New Jersey and New York are realizing as they continue to bash rich people. Rich people leave and then they lose all their revenue. And then they don't know what to do anymore. They don't have the money to pay for all this idiocy that they want, all the lunacy they want. They don't have it because those rich people have gone somewhere else. They can't soak them for billions of dollars, seems like. I mean, the rich in those states are millions. They can't soak them anymore. The Republican-majority state legislature, which just opened its 2022 session, is taking up proposed legislation this month for a referendum on buckhead cityhood. Politicians in largely Democratic Atlanta oppose the idea. Of course they do. Of course they oppose it. They oppose it because they're going to lose the revenue. But they're going to couch it all in terms of race. This is all about race. It's all about race. It's just because it's just because uh, the, the, the these people are racist and they don't want to be around black people. But it's funny because some of the people who support her are black, as the piece gets into later on. But even at the beginning, it's the whitest and wealthiest. Why would you even say that? Why would you even say that at the beginning unless you want to start the agenda somewhere you want to you want to give lip service to the opposition So this is funny if if the Georgia legislature lets this go through the referendum it could really happen and Atlanta's doomed Atlanta would be even worse to go to than it is now. You have to be very careful when you go to Atlanta. There's certain parts you can go to, which you know you got the aquarium there and some museums and some things. But you got to you got to really watch where you go and stay out of much of it. It's that way in any city across America, and it's gotten worse. Also, you know, you uh, there was a uh, kind of brings back to California. There was, of course, uh, a lot of. Um, Publicity given to all the train theft, all the packages and everything else getting strewn all over railroad tracks in California, and finally enough of that got on the internet that the local media had to pay attention to it, and then the governor had to go down and talk about it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's your policies? Maybe the reason Buckhead wants to leave, you morons, you Democrats in Atlanta, is because your policies are stupid. Maybe. Bill White Chief Executive of the Committee Pushing Buckhead Cityhood, said Atlanta hasn't done enough to stem violence, car thefts, drag racing, and other crimes that surged beginning in 2020 during the early stages of the pandemic and after civil unrest following Black Lives Matter protests. They really don't care about Buckhead, Mr. White said, about city officials. They just want the money. True. Atlanta leaders, including Mayor Andre Dickens, have said they are taking steps to address crime in Buckhead and the rest of the city and that remaining united is important. Of course it is. Well, taking steps, we're ha- we're forming committees on this, and uh, well, we have to be sensitive to these things because you know we can't do this, that, and that because we have to be sensitive. Well, I mean, the Buckhead goes and will say, "Forget it. We're gonna we're gonna police crime here, and we're gonna we're gonna throw you in jail. Get out." That's what should happen. You start throwing some people in jail. You start making examples of people. And you know what? They're, they're, it's not going None of this is gonna happen anymore. Violent crime has risen in large cities across the nation with several setting new records for murders in recent years. Philadelphia, Portland, Louisville, Albuquerque had their deadliest years on record in 2021. Atlanta had 158 homicides in 2021 and 157 in 2020, compared with 99 in 2019, according to the Atlanta Police Department. Now, why is that? Gee. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because they stopped policing? Maybe it's because of, they're afraid uh, that they're going to get put on tape and uh, you know video, and uh, that there's going to be some other big riot or something else. I mean, this is what's happening now. It's the, it's the George Floyd effect. There were 13 murders in Atlanta Police Zone 2, which includes Buckhead, last year through the weekend December 25th, up 63% from the same period in 2020. People have posted videos from Buckhead on social media of assaults, drag racing, gunfire, and other potentially criminal activity. The surge in crimes and murders to shoplifting sprees has sparked political debates in many cities about how to best combat crime and what resources are needed. But in Buckhead, where 108,000 of Atlanta's 510,000 residents live, the political debate has shifted from calls for more police officers to the possibility of splitting the city apart. Beautiful. Forget hiring more police. Just get out of the nonsense. Just get away from the stupidity that's Atlanta. And then kick Atlanta out of Georgia. Let them be on their own. A a spike in smash and grab robberies is driving retailers to find new ways to boost security and protect merchandise this holiday shopping season. Retailers say organized crime incidents have risen during the pandemic. We've seen all this on social media. People just pulling in, just running out with stuff, throwing it in cars and speeding off because they can do it faster than the police can show up. And now with mask mandates and everything else, everybody's got a mask on. Who are these people? They take the license plates off the cars. Nobody knows. There was a very, you know, uh, famous video circulating on social media with Walmart, a smash and grab at Walmart, just throwing paper towel, all kinds of stuff, throwing stuff in there. They got masks on. Nobody knows. They just throw the stuff in there. People are videoing, but who's who's? I mean, it's very hard to catch these people. No license plate, no markings. Who knows? Jim Durrett, president and chief executive of the Buckhead Coalition, a group of community and business leaders that opposes secession, said establishing services and taxes in a new city would be more difficult than proponents claim. He also said the loss of residents and tax revenue would severely damage what remains of Atlanta. Who cares? (laughs) How so? Oops. Maybe they should have thought about that. This is just scare tactics. We know it's going to be hard to set up these services. You think? Maybe not. Clearly, they'd have to be able to annex some of the things that they've already got in those areas. They would just become part of the city of Buckhead, so you wouldn't have to set up a whole lot of news. you have to set up new apparatus, but, uh, I mean, it's already there. The infrastructure is there, and they could do more, right? They could, instead of putting it in places they don't want it, they could all focus on Buckhead, and who cares what happens to Atlanta if you're out of it? The Buckhead Coalition and other groups are reaching out to residents about the complications and costs of Atlanta splitting apart. He said some people who were entertaining the idea of secession last year are starting to have doubts. I'm a little bit worried today, but I am less worried than I was six months ago, Mr. Durrett said. Growth and violent crime is already a major political issue in Atlanta. Former Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms didn't seek re-election last November amid widespread criticism of how she had handled the issue. Her successor, Mr. Dickens, who took office this month, Campaign largely on combating crime. Yeah, because you know what? People don't want to have crime around them all the time. This is the thing that, you know, one of the main functions of government is supposed to be to protect people's life, liberty, and property. And if they're not doing that, then there's no need for government. Local officials opposed to secession have recently taken steps to demonstrate their interest in combating crime in Buckhead. The city council is creating a new public safety task force to focus on the neighborhood. Yeah, we're going to have a task force, we're going to create a committee. And this committee is going to talk, and we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to do things to make things better by talking about it. This is what the left does. They form committees and focus groups and task forces, and then nothing is done. Mr. Dickens, a Democrat whose post is nonpartisan last week, held a press conference outside a new police office under construction in Buckhead and promised more officers for the area. It is of paramount concern for me to stop this crime wave in our city, he said. We will be one city with one bright future, unless, well, the people decide otherwise, which would be a firm and manly push for self-determination. Mr. White City believe Atlanta officials are now trying to appease residents because of the cityhood proposal. An independent buckhead city would focus... Resources to increase the number of officers protecting the area and give those officers better equipment and resources, he said. This is the interesting thing about all of this. The mere threat sometimes can get action. The mere threat of nullification can get action. Think about 1832. The tariff came down in 1832 because South Carolina actually said, we're not going to enforce it. And the tariff came down. Usually the threat gets action. You don't actually have to pull it off sometimes. You just have to have enough people dedicated to, to possibly doing it, and things can improve. Because you know what the government really doesn't want? They don't want to lose power, and they don't want to lose their control over people. And if it's a distinct possibility, they'll back down. They almost always do. Critics of Buckhead Cityhood argue that Atlanta-Buckhead split would divide the region along economic and racial lines. Buckhead City would be about 71% non-Hispanic white and about 11% black, while the remaining Atlanta would be about 20% non-Hispanic white and 61% black, according to data compiled by the Atlanta Regional Commission. The median household income in Buckhead City would be about $110,000, compared with $58,000 in remaining Atlanta. Mr. White objected to Buckhead Cityhood being viewed in racial or economic terms. You just want to get control of crime in your community, he said. It's unfair to say that it's racist. Well, I agree. Well, I mean, is this about race or is it about crime? Annexed to Atlanta in 1952, Buckhead has long been known as a hub of restaurants, bars, and clubs, and is home to large estates. The Georgia governor's mansion is in Buckhead. The lead sponsors of the bill for a Buckhead secession referendum are State Senator Brandon Beach and Representative Todd Jones. Both Republicans represent suburbs north of Atlanta. Neither responded to queries seeking comment. Mr. Beach previously said in a statement that rising crime made Buckhead residents feel unsafe and they deserve a government responsive to their needs. State representatives and senators who represent Buckhead, all Democrats, oppose the idea. Of course, because this is about politics more than their constituents. If the state legislation were to pass, a referendum of all Buckhead residents could be held as early as this November. If the referendum succeeded, more legislation would be needed to implement secession. Then they have a picture. Avita Alexander Estevez and her wife, Jade Alexander Estevez, both back a new Buckhead City. They're both black. They back it. They say, yeah, we want it. Republican Governor Brian Kemp, who is seeking re-election this year, hasn't taken a position on the proposal. Former U.S. Senator David Perdue, Republican challenger to Mr. Kemp, said he supports it. While leading Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, I thought she was already governor. Well, Governor Stacey Abrams says she's against it. Of course she is. And Buckhead, yard signs supporting and opposing the plan dot lawn. Signs touting Buckhead City have been vandalized to turn the proposed city name into an expletive. Sheldon Dean, 23, who who works in online marketing, said the push to set up a new city was divisive. It's divisive. I don't think Buckhead needs to be separate from Atlanta, said Mr. Dean. Crime is still going to be here. Evita Alexander Estevez, a 37-year-old business consultant, and Jade Alexander Estevez, who works in human resources, both back... A new Buckhead City. Their car was stolen out of their condominium building's garage recently, and they had cars broken into, they said. The crime makes me want to move to the suburbs, said Evita Alexander Estevez. So, new Buckhead City, this would be good for them, because they could actually have some crime solved. This is Think Locally, Act Locally in Action. I love it. It's what more people need to be thinking about and talking about in their own communities. Atlanta is just one example, but think about what you could do in all cities across America. Think about what you could do in states where you could start breaking off different areas and actually having real local decentralization. These things are good conversations to have for the future. This is real self-determination in action. This is real down to the grassroots political action. All government really is local. This is the dirty little secret. All government really is local in America. It's where the rubber really hits the road. And The people that are against this, the people that are against this are uh, those that just want power. They want to control these things. But again, the important lesson to be learned here is if you make enough noise, it's just like we talked about Move Oregon's Borders. Those people are making noise. And what's going to happen when they make noise? Well, what's going to happen when they make enough noise is there's going to have to be some type of discussion about these things. Right? This is this is the Tenth Amendment. The beauty of of Michael Bolden in the Tenth Amendment Center. And I'll say this. When I years ago, I remember when that first started, it was, you know, two thousand gosh, over a decade ago, right? And I remember he contacted me and said, Will you write something for us? And it's just a little website. He's running, you know, out of his house. And I said, sure. This was around 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. And I think he started the 10th Amendment Center just shortly before that, not long before that at all. And I wrote something, a couple things for him, and it was great. And, uh, but now, I mean, it's still just a, a, not a big organization, but they had, they hit well above their weight class because they're persistent and they're active. And the things that people are talking about now, uh, nullification, I mean, the way that nullification is actually being discussed in states today would only, is only possible because of dedicated people who have made this an issue. And you see this. As people get things out there and as they start talking about things, it becomes mainstream and people have, are forced to have a conversation about this stuff. So in your own local communities, do these things. Get involved, if that's what you like to do, and make Noise. This is what the left does, is what progressives do all day. They openly say it. Or at least make noise to oppose the idiots who are making noise on the left. That's also a good thing. Those are great lessons to be learned. This is one lesson to be learned from this piece that it's not just always those that have enough the same amount of money or whatever the case may be. You make enough noise and people are going to pay attention. And they have to respond. The the train robberies in California, the Buckhead situation, move Oregon's borders. We could go on and on. People just making enough noise in their local communities, and things are going to get done. Even on the left, I mean, they fig- they they're starting to figure this out. When George Soros is pumping money into school board elections, think about Virginia. What took down the Democrats in Virginia for the governorship? Well, the reason Glenn Youngkin was elected. The statues, I think, were an issue. Of course, Youngkin's never going to put them back up because he's not really concerned about that. But the big issue was the school boards. The big issue was what was happening in local schools, and the Democrats looked to be a bunch of fools, and they were doing some really stupid things, and school board people were the driving force in the Republicans winning the legislature and the governorship in Virginia. It came down to the local. This is what it was all about. So you see this across America. People are starting to realize the federal government is powerless. I think COVID in some ways has made people understand the federal government is powerless. They can't do anything without the states. Now, they want to change that. That's what all the voting rights legislation was about and everything. They want to centralize all the power, but they can't, right? And they, they can't. Even I would say that law is unconstitutional, but what they were trying to do. But regardless, they've figured out they don't have enough power to do it. So... Federalism is America. We have a federal republic. And I think if anything else, what COVID has taught people is that states respond to things differently. And that is beautiful for Americans. And all the hand-wringing and everything else from the left, do you see what's happening in Florida? Most people are like, I don't live in Florida. I don't care. You see what's happening in California? I don't care. But what, if you're in California, you're in Florida, it matters. And those things reflect your political community and reflect your political culture. So here in Atlanta, I think it's just beautiful. It's just an example of what's happening out there. People saying, hey, you know what, enough. We're tired of crime. Let's just get out. These things, I mean, you see them every now and then, but this stuff is much more prominent than it was 20 or 30 years ago because people have understood, and they're finally starting to wake up. You can't really be, 500,000 people? I, I don't know how large the city council is in Atlanta. I'd have to look it up. It's not big. What, maybe at the most, 10 members? I don't know. 500,000 people, that's very difficult to govern with a small city council to mayor. Buckhead would be more responsive. If you had a five-member city council, you'd have one person for every 20,000 residents. That's real representative government at that point. Or close to it, probably 10, one for every 10,000 would be better. The more representatives to appoint, the better because you're really going to have representative government. And I think that's the thing that we need to be thinking about, too, expanding out these legislatures, these city councils, making them more representative of the people that they represent and having a bigger voice for people in their own communities. All right. Hope you enjoyed this week at the Brian McLenihan Show. I'll see you next week. Remember, get me at the Abbeville Institute on uh, Friday or Saturday. Usually it's Saturday. Uh, Pick up my podcast there for that if you want to get me five times a week. But until next week, I'll see you then.